Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Crystal Lake. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Tuesday. Uh, I have to check. August uh, 15th, 2023. Guys, it's been a busy morning. I'm trying to get back into the routine of uh, running before in the morning, like way before the kids get up. For the summertime, I've been kind of doing a lot of work in the morning, being a little bit lazy. I know I probably should have taken advantage of some cool attempts in the mornings, but I've just been going to bed a little bit later with summertime and stuff, and then waking up a little bit later. So now I'm trying to like, you know, school starts with kids next week. I'm trying to get back into it. And uh, already it's been a very productive morning. I went for a run, tested the Hoka Mach X today. No, Hoka Cielo Roads today. Then I had to take my daughter into their summer band that's going on. Then we have to drop off the car. The minivan's transmission light is on. Then I did a, another live stream for Relay. Not a live stream, a podcast for Relay. That was really, really good. It's going to take me a while to edit it because it's an hour and a half long. But um, And now I put together a game of Name That Shoe for us today. So we'll play that today because it is Tuesday. And I like to play trivia games on Tuesday. Today's game will be about shoes that I've taken pictures of. This time I didn't take them super close because these are hard. These are shoes that I've not run in, mostly because they're too old. And I took them while I was at uh, the Believe in the Run headquarters. So that's where these shoes come from. These are from Thomas Newberger's personal collection. Personal collection that he keeps at the office. You know, so they'll be hard. They'll be difficult because he has run in some wild shoes, or at least at this point, some old shoes. So that'll be really fun. But before we get into that game, let's say hi to everyone listening on the audio only version on the podcast. Hopefully you're having a great run out there today. It's been like uh, refreshingly chilly here in the Midwest, at least in suburban Illinois. Um, so hopefully you're getting that nice weather too. And then for everyone else watching this later but not live, welcome to the number one live stream to watch on youtube to guess what that shoe is i feel like there's no other there's nobody else playing name that shoe is there anyone else playing name that shoe or anything even like it on youtube doesn't have to be running shoes like name that footwear of some sort i I think this is a unique game i'm pretty proud of it i like playing it hope you guys like that game too um all right uh we got matcha in the chat he says hello happy tuesday look at these two dogs right here Oh, that one, that, what's this black dog? Looks like it's a big one. That looks, oh, super cute. Um, Smalls, what's going on, Miguel says, Mike, Emma Bates announces Chicago and goes private on Strava. What are the thoughts? Um, I'm super excited that she's running Chicago. That's the race that I thought she was going to be running for the fall. Because she had mentioned when, I, uh, not just to me, but at the, the Cayano event that ASICs put on in Boulder uh, last month. She had mentioned to everyone there that like, so she couldn't announce where she was going, but she's going to be trying to run somewhere flat and fast for the fall. Um, and we kind of were guessing that it was either going to be Berlin or Chicago, pretty much, uh, given the timing of when the marathon trial is. So um, excited to hear that she's running Chicago. The part about, I'm guessing that you're more interested in is the fact that she went private on Strava. I think this is good. I'm assuming that she wanted to do it because uh, she wants to take some pressure off. Um, I feel like she's got a lot of pressure going into the build already. 
And, um, you know, I've had many conversations with her in interviews where she has mentioned that like she runs best when she's in like a solid mental space, whether it's the people that are around her, her living situation, her training situation, all those things uh, go into her performance. And I'm guessing like, you know, with some of the goals that I think she has for Chicago, um, I don't think she wanted to have like kind of the, um, you know, the Monday morning quarterbacking of people saying like, oh, based on this run, it looks like you're in 225 shape. Based on this run, you might be in American record shape. Based on this run, it looks like, you know, I think that those are the kinds of things she's trying to avoid. Basically, like, I, I'd say it's probably similar to a story that like uh, Molly Seidel has shared, where she was like on a plane and someone was like showing her, I think her own training. And like, this is how a marathoner should train. Like the person didn't recognize who Molly Seidel was and was like, oh, well, do you run? And she was like, I, I run marathons a little bit. And the guy's like, well, here's how you train for marathons. Let me show you. And he busted out like spreadsheets. So I feel like th maybe that kind of energy is the kind of thing she's trying to avoid. Um, I was just listening to um, the podcast that Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg put on. I think it's called The Growth Equation. And they were talking about um, choking. Uh, when athletes choke or when we personally as amateur athletes choke and they were saying like the two elements that are that tend to go with into it are when you internalize or personalize your goals and when you make very public your goals you know because those two things together can lead to a um, poor performance situation from a mental health perspective and so maybe that's one of the things she's trying to like head off at the pass. So I think that's kind of what it is. Um, I think it's, if, if it's working for her, I think it's absolutely great. You know, she can share as much or as little of her training as she wants. You know what I mean? Um, Dan Johnson says, I don't get why competitive runners share their training on Strava. I think that overall, I enjoy when runners do it. And for the most part, Emma has been sharing a lot of her training on Strava. I think that um, one of the reasons why I really like it is that um, it's a way for people to see what runners are doing, pro runners are doing, which, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm stating the obvious there, or maybe that's a little bit, doesn't explain it anymore. Previously, the only time we got to hear from a runner, let's use Galen Rupp as an example, because I feel like he's in a, a modern, a contemporary example of the old way. He only speaks through his racing and never any other way. Very rarely. I've interviewed him one time years ago. We talked about his Air Force One collection. But um, the problem with that is it's like this is not the NBA where they have, you know, 80 games a year or however many games they play now, where they have a press conference afterwards and pregame interviews and lots of opportunities to interact with the public and to help represent their sponsors and their teams. Um so, like, if you're a professional marathoner, like Galen Rupp, for example, you pretty much get to see him, like, five times a year. He doesn't really give much of a post-race interview either, right? So, like, he gets to perform maybe five times a year. It, it makes the math really hard if you're a sponsor in terms of, like, even though he is one of America's greatest marathoners, why would you spend a lot of money on him? No one ever sees him. He's a ghost, right? So, I feel like at least that's one way that a runner can decide what to share with the public. The 
podcast that I recorded earlier was with Tommy Runs and Laura Green. And we were kind of talking about like, you know, how do you decide what to choose, what to share, you know, and how do you set up boundaries? And it's like, you know, you can pick your lane. It can be as narrow or as wide as you want it to. But like, I feel like the narrow it is, the deeper you can kind of go, or probably you should go if you want to be a public figure. But you can very aggressively defend those boundary walls, you know. And so, like, maybe a professional athlete doesn't really want to be posting a lot on Instagram. Maybe just showing their runs on Strava to let people know, like, hey, I'm here. I'm throwing it down. I'm doing the training. You know, you could see the training and train like me if you want. You know, that's kind of, like, the thing, I think. I think that the old, like, I think, like, maybe, Dan, part of what you're doing with that or wondering with that is, like, well, then won't you give away your secrets? Like the Ingebrigtsens, I guess. The Ingebrigtsens talk about their training quite a bit. But I feel like, you know, it's one thing to like, oh, know how someone trains. It's another thing to be able to actually do it. And it's a third thing to assume that someone else's training will work well for you when you're on the elite level, you know. So, you know, I think that like, I don't think that like keeping your training is a secret is a big deal. For me, it's kind of a red flag. You know, yeah. Adam says, if you're confident, why hide it? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Lynette Wen says, I see Galen occasionally at Nike Hollister Trails and Nike Track. I hear you about him. He's not approachable like other top athletes I see around here. You know, I um, I wish uh, I, I I I've met Galen personally one time. I like the person that I met. Um. Feel like he's a product of the system he came up in, and I think that's unfortunate for us as running fans. And I don't know if he would say it is for him. I don't know him that well. I have talked to him for twenty minutes, you know. So I don't. I don't want to pretend that I know him, you know. But um, yeah. So um, I'm rooting for him. I like him. He has. There's other things that are there that cloud and complicate things but like you know i just feel like um no no runner has to be a public figure but i feel like but if you also want to be a sponsored athlete then i feel like you're in a little bit of a dilemma here you know that's kind of how i feel about it um kevin says running needs more visibility besides the overanalyzing of the training specifically i think sharing your passion is better i th i think i yeah, I think I hear what you're saying, you know. Yeah, Eric says, like, you know, let's not forget that some people are naturally introverts and shrugs. Yeah, and so I feel like, you know, like, I'm naturally an introvert, too. Um, I know a lot of people might not believe that or, or agree with that. But, you know, um, you know, I just think that, like, at the same time, like, you know, if the only thing you ever want to share is your training, I'm like, at least you're making the attempt, you know, and finding a way to connect and at least trying and experimenting with ways that maybe you can connect with some of the public, you know. So uh, I think that's kind of where I put it is like, try, you know, what is Galen Rupp? If I were, let's say, Galen Rupp's agent, would I suggest, hey, uh, let's do some dancing TikToks? No, I wouldn't suggest that with him. Um, for him, I might start out with, let's hire some videographers and photographers and film all your workouts. 
We won't talk about the paces. We won't put him down. We won't explain what the workouts are. Just some real set to music showing you hammering, you know, that's kind of where I would start and see if he's comfortable with that. Or maybe chopping up footage of his other prior races and just like making, just reminding people that he's still around. You know what I mean? Um, so like, it depends on what he's comfortable sharing. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if Galen Rupp is, was naturally an introvert. You know, that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't know. And Michael Hennessy, that's the key. Sponsorship comes with visibility. I, I think that's, you know, I think that's part of it. And Luke Klein says, from what I gather from interviews only, I think Galen has some social anxiety. It might be true. I feel like he has a relationship. My, my personal take on it, and I didn't really want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Galen today, but um, I think I, 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 the sense that I get from it is he was trained to view all potential speaking engagements as potential traps or traps that he can if deftly maneuvered, can avoid. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a, a skepticism that has been ingrained in him about interacting with media. And so I just think that at this point, I don't know, is he too far gone? You know what I mean? Can he never have a healthy relationship with the media? Is there a such thing? I don't know. That's kind of how I kind of feel about it. Um, Calvin says, I think that pros having Strava with some stats and comments turned off would be the best balance. I, I think yeah, t- turning off comments could be really nice. Um, I don't know if that's even a function that's available in Strava. I know you can turn off some stats. And I know Sam Long talked at length about how he's felt a lot better since he turned off some of the stats. Because he gets a lot of, um, like, you know, four-page emails about, like, here's why your training is all wrong based on your heart rate and power data, you know? So... Finny Finn Finn says, Galen Rubs get ready me would, <laughs> would be a trip. That I mean, that'd be pretty amazing. Suguro Osaka has, has done it <clears throat> many times. Um, his are usually silent. He usually doesn't say anything. Um, but he's done, he's done a couple of videos from his training in Flagstaff. There was one where it's like the entire YouTube video from Suguro Osaka is, <laughs> is him like making toast and jelly and tea before going on a, like a 12 mile run in a pair of pegs and someone just follows him with a camera. And when he, it's breakfast time's over the same camera, just like that person sits on a bike and rides the bike behind it. There's no talking, there's no music. And it's got like over a hundred something thousand views. I feel like Galen could do that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. There was a running shoe question up here. All right. Patrick Anderson running question of the day. Yeah! Uh, hey, go looking for a shoe for long run workouts with some tempo and marathon pace miles. I had the SC trainer version one, but the crushed stone trails I run destroyed the exposed foam way too quickly on the new balance shoes. Um, when you say long run workouts, some tempo and marathon pace miles, I would say like, uh, for most people, it's just going to be your race day shoe. I feel like you could do that. Um, and crushed stone trails, like, like grindstone, uh, uh, limestone or granite. I feel like, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I feel like, uh, if it's like a rail trail, I feel like your race day shoes would be a really great choice for that. So whatever is already working for you, but if you want a specific shoe for it, 
I would point you to like the Super Blast, I think would be a really fun choice for that. Also, the shoe that I recently reviewed uh, the, in terms of a long-term review with the Puma Deviate Nitro 2 could be a lot of fun as well for that kind of purpose. Um, yeah, and I think that both of those shoes would hold up really, really well onto some softer surfaces. I think that that would be fine. Um, and any other just race shoe that you like, Dwarfin Pro 3 would be fine. Um, I think that the uh, Adios Pro 3 would also work out really well too. So a couple of options for you there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. Hyperion Max maybe? That could be another one. Um, all right. Um, definitely, guys, we do have a game. Should we start playing the game? Let's get to the game before I forget. All right, here's a game. All these shoes are from Thomas's Shoe Wall at Believe in the Run. And these are hard because a lot of them are old. One is just an obscure shoe, or I guess not that common of a shoe. You probably wouldn't think it'd be that rare. But um, because of that, I didn't take like macro shots. These are really close up shots. I'll show you the shoe. You have to tell me what it is. There's no points in your prize, but hopefully we'll have some fun. All right, let's get to number one. Most of these are just, I'm just going to show you the outsoles, I think. All right, name this shoe. Uh, for those of you that are just listening, we're looking at an orange outsole with yellow exposed midsole foam. Um, and to me, it kind of looks like it could be either a bear claw, but there are these like these um, kind of like uh, bars that run parallel to the foot that are kind of almost like uh, Adidas's metatarsal rods, but they're on the outsole and they're made out of rubber. Um, so everyone um, so far who has um, chimed in has gotten the brand right. You recognize it, Lou Klein recognized it as a Newton, but do you know which Newton it is? Some of you guys have come in with Ultra, but it's a, it's a, it's a Newton, but which Newton is it? Yeah, David Sachs says like Newton something. Yeah, but which one is it? I don't think any of you guys are going to get this because I don't think anyone here was a Newton runner. Newtons were like fading out of popularity as I started getting into like reviewing a lot of shoots. Uh, Frank says nobody knows what the Newton models are. I know. That's what's going to make this game so hard. It's like some of these like... Some of these, I'll be surprised if you guys can even get the brand. But Newton, because the outsole was so um, distinct, I feel like we need to be able to name it. Oh, JC got it. The Newton Gravity. Yes. Great job. Whew. I, I, I would be hard. I couldn't even name a single Newton model. I never ran in any Newtons before. Hmm. Um, and Frank says like, no one knows Newton models. Cause it's, would be like knowing the Vibram barefoot models. There's more, there's more than one Vibram barefoot model. I suppose that makes sense. Cause there's trail versions and non trail Is it right? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm super impressed that JC was able to guess that it was the Newton gravity. Uh, oh, JC says it was a joke <laughs> based on Isaac. <laughs> I never put that together. I suppose it makes very little sense for a shoe to be named like gravity, like anti-gravity would make sense, but like gravity, it'd be like calling it like a Brooks shoe, like a Brooks heavy. You know what I mean? I guess that wouldn't make sense, but that is that, that must be, where, that, that's gotta be where it comes from. Right. I don't know. 
Uh, Calvin says, fun fact, uh, Isaac, Isaac Newton was named after the shoe company because it was so popular back then. <laughs> uh, Mark Peterson says, I saw the Newton corporate headquarters on Friday. Oh, really? Are they, they're in Boulder? Because Mark, Mark, I think you were in, you were in Boulder. Mark messaged me and was like, hey, I'm like down the street from you when I was in Boulder. Um, I wish I could have met up with, with everybody. Um, but that trip to Colorado was really short. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I didn't know that it was, I, I thought that Newtons were based out of Florida for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Adam says, yeah, Newton is in Boulder. Oh, okay. And Frank wants us to know that there is a Vibram Barefoot Max Pro and the Vibram Barefoot Max Pro Plus. Pro Plus? For real? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, oh my goodness. All right. Let's get to the next one. All right. <laughs> oh, these shoes are so fun. Uh, you can tell kind of from the design that it's a, a bit of an older shoe. We're looking at an outsole. It's white, I think EVA foam. There's uh, black uh, rubber on the outsole. Um, and then there's what looks like to be like a silver plastic uh, plate in the midfoot. And then black rubber outsole for the forefoot. Uh, it says on the bottom of this shoe in the EVA, it says no brakes. No brakes. Um, Matthias thinks that it is a ASICS. Uh, Mark Peterson says like maybe an, uh, ASICS Nimbus 13. Lou Klein says them look real old. Yeah. These are old shoes. Very old shoes. Um, everyone's guessing ASICS. Um, Calvin says the Kyono 17. Um, Matthias thinks that this is the all gas. So <laughs> small says, are those my shoes? All gas, no brakes. Yeah. I feel like if I had those shoes, you would write, you should write all gas with a Sharpie on the midsole, you know? Um, Greg says, I can't eat my lunch and watch this at the same time. Yeah, this is just going to be all old shoes, old, dirty used shoes. Um, Luke Klein thinks Kayano 12. Eric also thinks of Kayano. Um, uh, Christine Cuisine says uh, Adidas. And Ken Faf says Brooks. All right, the right answer is. It is a Saucony Fast Twitch 4. No one had that one right. No one was even close. Not even close. Look at this one. It is a yellow shoe with uh, the Saucony River. I was going to say Partridge, but the Saucony River. And then it's got like yellow tiger stripe print all over it. Oh, my goodness. Does anyone even know what year this shoe is from? Fast Twitch 4? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the responses to you guys from you guys eric parm says wow and mark says whoa <laughs> oh man <clears throat> that is a fun one that is a fun one um eric thinks that this might be from 1987 is, is the fast switch that old i don't know um man and run says the font on fast which is getting backstreet boys album vibes um yeah i feel like it's uh to me it might be like one of the early fast and the furious movies or um what is the movie um rush hour it reminds me of rush hour the font i don't know <laughs> 
Calvin says this is a 2013 shoe. That makes a little bit more sense. 2013. <sighs> okay. That was fun. All right. Next shoe. I think this one might be the easiest and might be the newest shoe in the bunch. Um, I'll just show you the back. See, like I'm showing you so much of the shoe, much more than I normally do, um, because these are hard. These are not shoes that most of us have run in. And if we did, it was a long, long, long time ago. Um, all right. What we're looking at here is the back of a shoe, just the heel. It looks like the upper part of it is maybe like felt and then, um, or like a micro suede. And then the heel, the back of the heel curls up on the, the, the outsole curls back up over like the ball of the heel quite a bit. Um, and you could see like the outsole pattern, it's white and gum colors together. Um, all right. Luis Becerra says it's a baseball shoe. It does kind of look like a baseball. Um, Lucline thinks it's Vans. Dan Johnson thinks it's a Puma, perhaps. Um, Eric thinks this is the first Norda ever. Matt Anderson has the brand correct. Diodora, maybe. But can you name it? Can anyone name this? I'd be astonished. Even more than the Newton Gravity. I'd be more astonished um, if you knew the name of this Diodora shoe. Steve76 says, did you wash your hands after touching these shoes? I don't think right away. <laughs> but eventually I did. I touched shoes all, all day. You know, None of them smelled. Um, the correct answer is, this is the Equipe Cosa from Diodora. It looks like a completely different shoe from the front than it does from the back. From the back, it looks... I mean, I think this is not a running shoe. I don't know if this is a running shoe. Um, but, yeah. From the front, it looks more like a running shoe. Uh, it's got like a honeycomb pattern and a semi-translucent uh, upper. Uh, and then the Diodora symbol. It's Yeah. Calvin Huang says, looks nice, actually. That's kind of how I feel about it, you know? Um... Yeah. Frank says, doesn't that just mean running team? Maybe. Maybe that's not even the name of the shoe. I don't know. I'm just reading the words that are written on it. I'd never seen it before. I don't know. I might have seen images of the shoe. It's very distinct. But I've definitely never held it in person. That was a weird one. Kevin wants to know, is this what we'll say about shoes from today, like later on? Like, ew, we really ran in the Super Blast? probably if his history repeats itself you know i i feel like later we'll be like can you believe what he used to run in the endorphin elite you know costume mm -hmm. final michael says like we might not get these right even if you showed us the whole shoe i know that's what makes this one so hard i told you guys yesterday this is going to be like the hardest episode uh, Stevie 76 says, quote, Thomas, do you mind if I check if your shoes are breathable? I did not put my mouth on any of these shoes. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get to the next one. I think this is number four. I have five total. Maybe. We'll see how many I have. All right. This one, I'm showing you the whole outsole. I still don't think you guys are going to get it. Uh, on the it's a white outsole on the bottom, r black 
uh, it says M900 on the rubber uh, pod outsole that's on the lateral side. A lot of exposed foam and then red triangles and kind of like up in the forefoot. But a lot of exposed foam here. On the bottom, it says power grid with a lightning bolt in between power and grid. And then embossed in the EVA, it says EVA plus. I think it's EVA plus. Hmm. All right. Mark Peterson says, that's a Saucony. Uh, Eric says, Saucony grid eight grid. Oh, okay. Calvin says, it's Saucony. I see XT9. Is that what that says? XT900? I see 900, but I couldn't tell what else it says. Um, Daniel Burton thinks it's a Reebok. Most of you guys are saying Saucony. Some of you guys are saying a Kinvara. Uh, Philip says it's Kinvara one or two. Mark Peterson says Kinvara like six. You guys are right. I'm going to give it to you because this is a Kinvara four. Can you believe it? I feel like, it, and I think it looks like Thomas put um, lock laces on this. I don't know if maybe he ran with this on a triathlon. Um, but yeah, look at this shoe. I mean, I feel like the upper design is not completely different than what you're seeing now. And like, what are they on now for the Kinvara? 15? Um, because I feel like they have been going back and kind of like iterating off of that design and playing with it in a really nice way. But yeah, Thomas is a Kinvara fan. He's been running in it since the number one. So this was a number four. Ooh. Yeah. Kevin wants to know, is this Thomas's PB shoe? I don't know. I think that, I think Thomas's PB was in the A6 from Saucony. Right? I, I don't know. Hmm. Frank says, it seems like you can run it today. I, I, mm, I think that it might not be that different <laughs> from what you're getting in the, in the Kinvara now. Like, I feel like they have stayed, with the exception of the Kinvara like 11, I feel like they stayed very consistent in terms of what they're providing in the Kinvara. And Michael Haney says, Saucony had the triangles in their early 80s in all their shoes. Well, this shoe's only like 10 years old though. So it would have been like 2013. So, but maybe they did have it. I, I don't remember shoes from the early 80s. I don't, like I don't, for example, like I don't really remember any of the shoes I ran in in high school. I know I had Nike spikes. I'm, I know I had a lot of Asics. I don't think I had Nike trainers. Maybe I had New Balance, but I think I wore those casually because they ended up being really heavy. New Balance trail shoes just worn around casually was really big in my high school for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, all right. Let's get to the next one. Yeah, I got two more. All right. We're looking at an outsole. It's red. Um, and it's kind of like there's some, there's two layers of this foam because you're seeing a red foam and then you could see little pockets of a black foam underneath. And then for the outsole, they have like gray circular, it almost looks like a bike chain, but like little pieces of bike chain on these circle pods that are on the outsole. And some of the foam is you're running directly on, some you're running on this gray rubber outsole pattern. Um, and there is a big S in the, the darker colored midsole. So that's a big hint. Mm, Luke Klein says, yikes, what is that? And uh, Adam thinks it might be a Reebok. Um, but a lot of you guys have figured out that it is a Skechers. Uh, 
because that's what that S is. AJ says Skechers. I think he's one of the first ones. Um, let's see. Um, Mark thinks it's a like a New Balance Minimua. What is that? I don't know. Calvin thinks it's the Skechers Go Run one. Frank th- thinks it might be the Max Road one, and Stevie seventy six said it's the. British Knights Max Pro 2. It might be the Max Pro Plus 2. Uh, the correct answer is, this is the Skechers Go Run, I think, Ultra Run. I don't know if there's a number to it. I really can't. Other than what it says on the tongue, I can't tell you what it is. Um, but the upper looks like it's a knit upper. And then it has like a traditional like heel cup in the back. And... Uh, Actually, other than like the giant S on the side, I kind of really liking this uh, upper design. It's a little bit, there's parts of it that are a little bit like over the big toe area, a uh, little toe area. It's kind of weird, but like the red and black is working for me. But then there's a whole bunch of yellow and then it looks like a McDonald's shoe. So I don't know. Silly Clayton says, that was tough. Haha. Haven't heard of it. I had never heard of it either. Uh, yeah, Daniel Burton says, what? Never heard of that shoe. Me, me neither. Me neither. Mm. Yeah, Eric says, uh, never seen it. Kind of like that upper. It's more interesting than the current designs, but that outsole, nah. Yeah, I agree. The outsole, weird. Um, but I do feel like they tried to cut holes in it so that would kind of like roll and bend a little bit easier. So I, I don't know. Um, it's just like the color work though. Like the uh, the knit upper looks, or the, at least what looks like it might be partially knit upper, looks really comfy. But then it's got like a regular tongue and then red and yellow on the inside of the heel cup. And I was like, I don't know. Now I'm like, never mind. Uh, Lee says, basically Thomas has a shoe museum. Yeah, I know. I was just, I spent a long time. They left me alone in there for a while because um, they were working i just showed up at their office i didn't they didn't even i it's not like i had scheduled like that i was gonna hang I, was, I wasn't like hey guys can i come hang out and they're like oh yeah come over i was like can i i'm i'm here in town i'm coming is what I'm, <laughs> I'm just coming over um but yeah so that like i had a lot of time to look at all these shoes it's a lot of fun all right this is the last one and if anyone can get this i'll be shocked because um yeah, this this one's really. Oh no, I put it in the wrong order. I gave you guys a a, a a a quick glimpse of it. Man, I put the slides in the wrong order. Totally messed that one up. But here we go, guys. Maybe you guys didn't see it. Here we go. Um, look at this. It says Wild Gripper on the bottom, and it's uh there's a little black rectangle where it says Michelin on the inside. And uh, then the outsole, it actually kind of looked like a bike tire, like a knobby mountain bike bike tire. Um, so, I yeah. You guys were all able to see the upper of it because I put the slides in the wrong order. And it is an Under Armour shoe, which is bizarre. But do you know what this shoe is? What is this shoe? Um. Adam says, holy crap. <laughs> Jay-Z calls it the Under Armour Sasquatch. Uh, and Bryony calls it the Spiky Pickle. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, Brian Pooh says it's the Under Armour Nopales. <laughs> That'd be actually kind of fun. But like, this is a very like. I feel like this is. It just looks like a really beefy trail shoe. You know what I mean? And like, Under Armour made that. I didn't even know Under Armour made trail shoes. I don't think they make them now. Did they make them before? I guess. Let's go back. What is this called? The Under Armour Storm One. Just Storm. I, I don't know. The upper does not match the outsole. The upper looks like a skate shoe almost. And then the outsole looked like like a moon boot on the bottom. You know? I don't know. I like Eric's. Calls it the Under Armour Sea Cucumber. It kind of does look like a sea cucumber. Michael Haney says, it is a skateboard shoe. I, I mean, I'm assuming that they meant this as a trail running shoe. Yeah. Stephen C. 1984 says, as far as trail shoes goes, Under Armour made this one and that was it. <laughs> They're probably like, I don't know. I don't know why our shoes aren't selling. Let's transition over to crossfit maybe that maybe that was the the thinking i don't know mm. sega dreamcast says i used to work with more under armor people in the past and remember when they came to our office in them <laughs> i you remember this people wore this shoe and you remember it i mean i don't know um maybe it's not a running shoe though maybe it's not even a running shoe kenneth Feb sings i was thinking it's a football turf shoe yeah, I don't know. Was the storm? I mean, someone Google it. What was the storm? Was the storm actually made for beaches? I mean, for running? Daniel Burton says it's made for running on the beaches. I don't know. And Sega Dreamcast says he wanted a pair of the shoe. I mean, the outsole is compelling. That does look like a lot of fun. It's even got a little bit of a swallowtail design in the back. You know? I don't know. This shoe is... Oh, I don't know. Michael Haney says this is their version of a samba for astronaut. <laughs> I don't I don't know about that. Adam says he has a different old old Under Armour trail shoe and I use it now for ice with screws. That's a really good idea. Um I ran in the Under Armour like was it like not it was not ACG. It was like they have cold weather gear and this was it. And it was like an under armor something hover something mid. And uh, it had kind of like, it was like the regular under armor hover shoe, but instead of a normal like upper at the top by the ankle, it just had like a knit material that made it a mid top. It was a very heavy shoe, but I loved running with it in the winter. It wasn't that bad. And I think that that would probably be a good shoe to put some screws in, except for the fact that those shoes all had the um, the little Bluetooth step counter thing in them. And uh, if I put screws in it, I probably would have ended up puncturing it. You know, I don't know. Shane says, is that worth keeping in the shoe museum? He has lots of racks and there was space in there. So I think, I think it's worth keeping. I don't know. Um... 
Yeah. That was that was it. Calvin thinks that this shoe is not worth keeping in a shoe museum. Just let it die. I don't know. I like it. I just really, I really was in, like enthralled by this outsole. I kept touching it. It's had like, it doesn't even has like the little nubby bits like a new mountain bike tire has, you know? I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. I feel like you guys did surprisingly well for that one. I think you guys got, you got the Kinvara right. You got the Newton gravity right. And then uh, I messed up one. How many did we even have? I think there were six of them. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. You guys got more than I thought. I thought you would get none of them. Wait, there's wait, there's one more. I have one more. Never mind. Wait, let me just double check. Yes, I do have one more. You guys ready for one more? Here's another one. Um, if you guys get this one, I'll be really surprised. I don't know how old this shoe is. I don't think it's that old, but I'll be surprised if you get it. You guys ready? One more. Look at this thing. It's another one with like bubbles or capsules as an outsole. Um, and it's black and white. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to describe this one to you guys that are listening in. Um, but it's like, imagine if you put a bunch of circles or like uh, cylinders on the bottom of your outsole and filled pretty much filled the outsole with that. That's kind of what you got. So Luis Becerra just says pass and Calvin says this has to be some sick joke. AJ thinks it's a Reebok and, uh, Cosmic Pineapple Michael says maybe the Brooks Aurora, SL, SL. I think it was. Wasn't it BL for Brooks Lab, Blue Lab, or something like that that they had? Um, match. I think it's Reebok Moon Shoes. But actually, Brian. Um, ooh, Brian Neat has got it right. Oh my goodness, you got this. It is the Brooks Neuro. I actually think the upper looks incredible. It's really nice. It's white. It's kind of made to look like a circuit board almost a little bit. I think that's what they were going for with that. Um, instead of actually drawing neurons, but uh, it's called the Neuro. I think it was supposed to be a light fast shoe from Brooks. Um, I don't know if it made it. I don't know if there's a Neuro too, but yeah, you got it right. It's a Brooks Neuro. Amazing. Um, I, 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 it took me a while to even like figure out what the name of this shoe was holding it in my hand. Uh, I had to do some Google searching after that then i was able to figure out oh it's called the neuro that's amazing amazing that's now that's all the shoes that i had for you guys today isn't that one fun that one's really fun uh, <laughs> um uh <clears throat> matches as the upper does look dope but carrie smith says uh the outsole is hard garbage yeah yeah um eric Farmer says whoa geez brooks man what are you doing and calvin says this is why brooks stopped innovating <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness you guys are so funny um <clears throat> this is from brooks awkward teenage face <laughs> oh my goodness you guys are really really funny <clears throat> uh, yeah so i <clears throat> maybe this is why brooks was like let's stick to the basics i don't know um it looked it look i like the upper though it was really nice but uh yeah it could be why 
But you know, the the Aurora BL came in after that, after the Neuro. So they're doing some new weird fun stuff, but their new weird fun stuff is really out there. Maybe it's <clears throat> maybe maybe it's because like their shoe designers are so repressed. Like like I imagine that there's someone at Brooks who has a long history of shoe design and is now the design lead and for the last 12 years has been not allowed to touch what the ghost looks like. And like, then they were like, all right, go crazy. And so then they were like, oh, finally, in 12 years of repressed creativity, all comes out in a rushing geyser, a flurry of sketches and crumpled papers and starting over and restarting again. And then you get the Brooks Neuro. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> that's so funny i laughing at my own joke yeah i know um jc says it's the pontiac aztec of shoes it, it <clears throat> that that may be thomas also does have a pair of hoka 10 nines in there but i felt like that would be too easy because we've also done name that shoe with the hoka 10 nine before here um but yeah yeah you know you know what i say about the pontiac aztec is like um, it, it's the shoe that I always, um, refer to whenever I'm like, you know what, when it comes to creativity, sometimes you need to have some real dogs before you can have some real good ones, you know? So it's like, you know, every once in a while, the creative process needs a Pontiac Aztec or a Pontiac Aztec is inevitable in any good creative process, you know? Mm -hmm. Minimalist Running says, there is no shoe design team that is more impressed than the Nike Monarch dad shoe team. Yet it tops the money charts every year. Um, you know what's been really interesting to see? Here in Crystal Lake, in McHenry County, I've been seeing a lot of, not only the Nike Monarch, but what's the New Balance one that looks exactly like that shoe? I mean, it even has like the same color work on it. There's a New Balance one, and I'm not sure which, I'm not saying that New Balance copied Nike, I'm not sure which who copied whom but they both look very similar. But there's also a Skechers version now, which I'm like just very offended by. It's one of the reasons why I really just don't like Skechers is because they just copy shoes. Um, not that they're the only ones that copy shoes, but they blatantly rip off shoes. Um, and so like, I just don't like that. But, um, but yeah, the dad shoe is really popular everywhere. Um, I saw many of them when we spent that year living in, in, uh, Dubuque County, Iowa, but I see them even more here in McHenry County, Illinois. You know, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Uh, Calvin Wong says the Aztec was bad, but the Nissan Juke is the ugliest car in modern history. The Juke? No, I don't think the Juke is. What's the one? There's this one car that it looks like a box. Um, it's very, very boxy. The Juke was like the nissan's like cross like smaller crossover right it still kind of looks like a crossover isn't it what's the one that looks like a toaster driving down the street is it the nissan cube is that the one that it is maybe that's the one that i'm thinking of uh it probably is carrie smith also says cube or is it the cyan xb no the cyan xb is stout it's like a weird hatchback right so i don't know 
but everyone thinks it's the cube. That that must be it. Um. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't I don't I don't like that one. There was a time where it was like a lot of taxis in Chicago were that car. It was the uh Nissan Cube, I think. And I was just like Ah, this is degrading to everyone involved here. I did I just really didn't like that car. I don't know. Um Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. JC says, Cube has the wraparound rear, rear, rear window. That's the one that I'm talking about. Yeah. Gallon <clears throat> <laughs> says, it's, the Nissan Cube was also bad because it was asymmetrical despite being box-like. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <clears throat> Dance out. See, the thing is, I do like a lot of boxy cars, though. Dance out thing. Am I talking about the Honda Element? I liked the Honda Element. I never drove in it. I also really liked. I think it was called the Ford Flex. That was a very boxy car. I loved that car. I never drove one, but my wife and I wanted one for a really long time. But we we were. It's when we lived in Chicago and didn't have kids. We had no use for a car, let alone a car as big as the Ford Flex. But like, there was one that came in like silver, almost chrome, and I was like. Basically, you're driving in like an all chrome. You were driving a toaster around, and I just thought it looked great. I feel like also it was weird that the Ford Flex didn't come in like a hybrid package. I think it was it was named that before hybrids were really a thing in the Ford lineup. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know much about cars. It's um me just kind of like rambling a little bit, but yeah. Hmm. Dan Johnson says, I once rented a Nissan Juke in France and couldn't figure out how to put it in reverse. Looked at the manual. It was all in French. Go figure. Did you ever figure it out? How did you? Was it a stick shift? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Imogen wants to know what's my favorite running shoe brand. Uh, I, I try not to have a favorite running shoe brand. I do like a lot of what ASICS is doing right now. I feel like they turned around in a very short amount of time and they did a fantastic job of it. And they do have some of my favorite shoes. I think Adidas is also really high in my list of brands that I'd like generally. Um, so, I mean, there are some shoes that I have very strong opinions against in the Adidas lineup, but I have even stronger affinities for certain shoes in that lineup too. So I feel like if we're going to talk about shoe brand in terms of their lineups and how successful i think their shoes are that's it in terms of like brands that i like you know might be some different answers from like a what is the brand doing what does it represent you know then it, that might be a little bit different but like in terms of like you know people are like what's the best shoe brand i'm like for what you know it's a hard it's a weird question it's like name your favorite golf club you know, it's a weird. It doesn't. It's not a question that makes a lot of sense a lot of times to me. But yeah, Sue thinks that the Ford Flex looks great. I I think it does. I think everyone really hated it, but I liked it. It didn't last for very long. I only think they made it for like four or five years, right? So 
Alex Baker says, what's your flask bladder recommendations for replacement of your dog shoot up your Solomon original ones that come with the skin eight? Um, I don't think other ones other than Solomon replacements fit in the back uh, of a Solomon because they have a weird hanging thing, right? So I feel like you have to get another Solomon um, bladder to go in it. And then the Solomon bottles that go in the front, I feel like those are a little bit longer than most other Hydropack bottles. So I think you're going to have to just get Solomon ones again, if I'm understanding your question right. <clears throat> Dan Jensen says, yeah, in, French, in France, they're pretty much all stick. Finally figured it out. Had to push up on a collar by the knob on the stick. <clears throat> I, I can see what you're saying there. Um, a friend of mine asked me to watch her car while she was on her honeymoon um, and just move it because like in the neighborhood that we used to live in, um, if you left your car parked in one spot too long, like they could in theory tow it because um, they would be considered an abandoned car or something like that. And so like, she's like, can you just move my car once or twice while I'm gone? I was like, sure. And it was a stick shift. And she's like, you know how to drive stick? I'm like, yeah, I know how to drive stick. I don't regularly drive stick, but I know. But it was a Volkswagen. And for that one, you had to like push down on it and then shift it like into the position for reverse. You could, It wouldn't get to reverse otherwise. You had to push down and then do it or something like that. Weird. It took me a while to figure it out, but I figured it out eventually. <laughs> so I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <clears throat> Dan South says, Hey, Co, any good running spots around Gray's Lake? I'm brand new to the area. I don't know where Gray's Lake is. I'm, I know that there is a place called Gray's Lake, but I don't know, uh, where that is. So I can't help you. Maybe Dan, maybe you could be a little bit more specific. Is it McHenry County? If it's not in McHenry, if it's not near Crystal Lake, then I kind of really don't know. But if it's in McHenry County, then I will say like a nice long trail that you can run is like, there's like the McHenry trail. Uh, I think it becomes the Fox river trail eventually from like South of Algonquin it's gravel path, but North of that it's paved. So if you need to have pavement, you can go North, but like, just keep in mind from like, it goes all the way down to like uh DuPage County, like um, St. Charles almost but it's downhill, slightly downhill the entire way. So when you come back, you're going to have to go slightly uphill the entire way. So plan your run accordingly. That's about, uh, other than that, like unless I can know better where Grays Lake is, I wouldn't know. Um, Dan Finn says, hey, Kovosi, this is a uh, very, I think, fanboy, but I've been watching you for three years. Love your race weekend videos. And... Let's see. Any equipment advice? I run Nova Blast. Thanks. They are amazing. Um, if, yeah. If you love the Nova Blast, I would say it's nothing wrong with getting another shoe, same shoe again, if I'm understanding the question uh, from Dan. But get another Nova Blast. But also, if you're liking the Nova Blast, I would say try the Rebel version 3 and the Hoka Mach 5. I feel like those are other shoes that I think aren't exactly similar, but provide um, enjoyable experiences that if you like one, you probably like the others. So those are some other ones that I think you can try. 
Luis Becerra says, in a few years, maybe we won't even be going to be driving our cars. I, I mean, you put a face palm on that emoji, but I, um, I do not want to drive. I want, I want self-driving cars. I don't want them from Elon Musk. I would like someone else to develop them. But um, yeah, I'm excited. There was just something over the, was it just this last weekend? I feel like it was in, was it in San Francisco? They just passed legislation. I don't know if it's California-wide legislation or just San Francisco where more self-driving taxis can come into play. I'm all for that. I want a self-driving car. Um, driving for pleasure is, I feel like, a really fantastic experience. Driving to take yourself to go get groceries, to pick up your kids from school, all that kind of stuff. Bumper to bumper stuff, stop and go traffic, driving in the suburbs, I feel like is soul crushing. Um, so like I, if I could not do that, that'd be great. Um, I would love to have a self-driving, like, if, like make this self-driving car electric, powered by solar maybe. And oh my goodness, then I, then I feel really great about it. Um, I would love that. Yeah, I know that there's environmental impacts to all the batteries and the silicon and all that other stuff that components that go into those kinds of cars. But I just would love to be able to reduce a lot of the expendable or those other resources that go into cars. Like if you never had to do an oil change again, that'd be great. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I'm all for bring, I, I don't need the self-driving car to be perfect. I just need it to be better than a human. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah, my just says not driving would be better. Yeah, I would love it if they just built some sidewalks here in Crystal Lake or some more. All right, Mark Peterson says Grady's Lake appears to be west northwest of Crystal Lake about half an hour. Ooh, I'm not really sure where there's to run around there in west northwest. Um, but you can come over to Crystal Lake and uh, run in Lip Old Park because that's on the west end of crystal lake i don't really know much west of that um crystal lake is nice and the, the liberal park is nice and flat gravel paths off surface i do a lot of workouts over there um yeah i don't really know that many sorry um yeah over by McHenry community college there is like a really nice sidewalk along a lot of there's like a country uh, it's a somewhat busier country road up there but you could run along that for miles so you could like park at mchenry college and then just run along that road for miles there's not that many stop lights you're running on concrete uh yeah concrete sidewalk but um and you're not that always that covered from the elements but it's a it's a it could be a start I would look at the heat map on Strava if you can find stuff. Oh, Mark says east northeast. Oh my goodness, Mark. I'm so bad with directions. You're screwing me up. East northeast. If Gray's Lake is near uh, Moraine Hill State Park, I would start start there. Moraine Hills is real nice. You can make it an eight mile loop, eight and a half mile loop. That's uh, real nice. Uh, the main part is I think six miles. Um, and then you can make an even shorter loop than that too. So yeah. All right, let's do one more. Oh, Matt's here. What's going on, Matt? Matt Legrand says, 100% agree. When self-driving cars are better than humans, we're going to save a lot of humans. I think so. I think so. But you know what? Here's the thing, like, Matt, you're, you're as a triathlete, 
I feel like a lot of triathletes and cyclists get hit by cars a lot. Are you going to be more mad when a self-driving car hits a bicyclist or when a human hits a bicyclist? Because like, you know, if the self-driving car hits a bicyclist, it'll be because like, I don't know, it just, the cameras didn't pick you up or it saw you. And, you know, like you see all that like horror footage of like when the self-driving car identifies like uh, a small child and still drives at it for some reason, you know, like sometimes like the, the car, the self-driving car technologies is just like, seems malicious almost like is that going to be better or worse i don't know um yeah all right and let's do this one uh, alex baker says what's your marathon lineup looking like in the next six months ever consider the palm beach marathon it's in december and super flat course come run it with us this year oh palm beach i don't know so chicago I have a bib. That's the one that's coming up. That'd be the race that's com- marathon coming up next. I may not take the bib. I might try and film the race. Um, I think that there's going to be a compelling American marathoner story there. I think there's going to be like from the pro field. I think there's going to be a compelling uh, OTQ chaser story that's going to be happening in Chicago as well. And I'd like to be able to try and figure out a way to film those a little bit. Um, so I might drop out and just host a bunch of events and then film the race as a spectator. We'll see. Then I'll be watching New York and watching CIM. So I won't be running any marathons. Um, for the, I don't think for the rest of the year, I don't have any on my schedule. Um, the next race that I'm really kind of thinking about train, doing a lot of training for, like I might hop into a 5k next month, you know, things like that. But like, uh, things that I will be putting together a longer training block for is, and we talked about this a little bit. I want to try and run a fast half marathon in Houston. So I think I'm going to sign up for that. I was just talking to my wife about it yesterday. Um, so I think I'd like to do that and then that'll be January and then February will be the Olympic trials marathon that I'll be going to watch. And so <clears throat> I really think that my next marathon might not be till March, April, really. Um, so that's kind of more than six months, I think, isn't it? I don't know. That's kind of the rough plan um, so far. So that's where how the calendar is breaking down. And there'll be a lot of other travel and trips and stuff like that. There'll be other races, but I think those are like kind of like the big ones that are circled on the calendar, the kind of stuff that I'm trying to plan months out in advance. So that's it. All right. Uh, and one says, hope to see you in Chicago, New York. Yeah, I hope so. And Calvin says, oh, wow, no marathons after a bunch last year. New goals, I guess. I think just taking a break, you know, I ran, um, you know, Tokyo and Boston this year. I feel like it's a pretty big year. 2024, I'm hoping to run London and Berlin. So those will be like the two that I have circled on the calendar for next year, you know? So yeah. And, you know, Stephen C. 1984 says, I'm confident Coke can smash some PRs at shorter distances. That's kind of something I'd like to clean up some of those PRs. A lot of them are overdue for some updating. So that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Uh, I think that's going to be a good place to leave it for today. Tomorrow, got some unboxings to do, got some exciting stuff that's come in. I don't know what it is, but like 
based on the boxes. I'm pretty excited. So let's see what those are tomorrow. Uh, same time as today, 1 p.m. Central Time, uh, right here on this channel, Kofuzi Run Club channel. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Until I see you guys again, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.